Hello, sunshine. Hello, sunshine. Hello, sunshine. Gotta make hay while the sun shines. What's this? This is Hello, Sunshine. What if by sharing our stories, we could change the world? Welcome to Hello, Sunshine. Hello, everyone. Sophia Bush here, and I am very excited to be here with you as the host of, and especially you, Stories for All of Us. What happens when we come together to connect in person? I love to create community with women, women who like to roll up their sleeves and get real about the world and ourselves. Because sisters, we are all in this together. And I'm thrilled to introduce you to our new podcast, and especially you. It's a place for all of us to be together. This past year, I was part of a group of women from all different backgrounds who shared stories, music, tears, and much laughter with audiences across North America as part of the Hello Sunshine by Together Live tour. Our speakers shared their dreams, their heartbreak, and their ambition. We listened to stories of love and forgiveness and reinvention. In this day and age of what feels like growing division, we connected. Every night was different and every night was incredible. And I feel so lucky to get to bring some of the stories and experiences to you in this podcast. Our first episode of And Especially You is about rules, breaking them and rewriting them. We've got soccer star Abby Wambach, comedian Maysoon Zayed, and businesswoman Bozma St. John dropping some serious knowledge today. So buckle up, my friends. Let's do this. We're going to kick it off with the amazing Abby Wambach. You know Abby, right? She's only one of the greatest soccer players of all time. I, by the way, am a huge soccer fan, so when I first met Abby a few years ago, I was completely awestruck, probably made a fool of myself. And even now that all these years later, Abby and I have been friends for a while, I'm still awestruck, but I think I at least hold it together. She is that amazing of a human being. Since she retired from her career on the field, she has been fighting the good fight for equality, equity, and inclusion. And she got up on stage with her wife, Glennon Doyle, to share a little piece of her story. I got this email um, early this year, and um, it was from the president of Barnard College. President Bylock, she asked me to come get the Medal of Distinction and, and do the commencement speech. And I'll have you know, I have yet to graduate from college. So this felt like, what could I actually offer people who actually graduated from college? So in the invitation, President Bylock talked about how they, they much appreciated and loved my time that I spent on the field. But what they actually really admired more now is what I was doing after my career in terms of women's rights and equal pay. She called it um, a watershed moment in these graduates' lives. So I had to then Google watershed moment. <laughs> I was so ashamed that like, I wouldn't even ask her. So for those of you who don't know, it's like a turning point or historical moment. And I started thinking about it and I was like, you know, I think that for me too, this could be a watershed moment. Um, I was kind of in a weird place professionally because I had gotten enough distance away from my career and was doing this work and wanting and saying all the time, like, I want to change the world, but, like, I just didn't have, like, a complete 
direction and a purpose. And I thought, you know what? I need to sit down and figure out what I want to say. And then when I looked out into the world, it felt really scary. Misogyny was running rampant and white supremacy has been out of control since the 2016 election. I mean, for forever, but it's been a very aware. All of us are like, wow, what's happening? So it felt very tenuous and I wanted it to be good. And I, um, I said, yes, I was brave and I said, yes. Uh, and then I asked for your help. Yes. Um, because when you marry like the best speechwriter in the world, you use her whenever you possibly can. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, we're married. So we sat down and thinking about what's going on in the world, I thought, okay, maybe this could be a watershed moment for the world too. And um, I started thinking about the landscape, you know, the, where we were. And w when I thought about the landscape, it made me think of the wolves in this TED talk I had seen. Now, in 1995, these wolves were reintroduced to Yellowstone National Park. And they had been absent for the 70 previous years. At first, they hunted the deer and got them out of most of the areas that the deer had eaten away and reduced the vegetation. Now, what was really interesting is that they started to change the behavior of the deer. So these wolves, whom were once a threat to the, the actual ecosystem there, started to actually make real changes inside the ecosystem once they were reintroduced. The deers were displaced from the valleys, so that vegetation started to grow back. Trees quintupled in size in just like six years. The beavers moved in, and because of that, the beavers built dams, so the otters and fish started to come back. Now, what was really amazing about these wolves being reintroduced is that before the river dams were eroding and collapsing because of that vegetation those deer were eating, now the wolves come back and those riverbanks get stronger. So the rivers actually started to run and, and perform better. The wolves changed the rivers. Are you guys picking up what I'm laying down here? <laughs> we are the wolves. <laughs> Women. Women are a threat to our society, right? But I believe, so do I think everybody here believes that we will also be our society's salvation. Okay, babe, so you have this idea that there are old rules that women have been following and that we need to replace those with new rules to follow if we wanna make change. So can you talk to us a little bit about an example of one of those? Right. So I think that it makes a lot of sense. And, and, and you'll understand this a little bit more after the story. So I found myself on a stage. It was the year after I retired. ESPYs, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a nationally televised um, sports program. Um, it's basically the Oscars for sports. Um, I found myself on stage next to Kobe and Peyton. Um, babe, they played sports. Basketball and, fo and football. Go get the ball, do the thing, right, Jennifer? <laughs> so 
I found myself on stage next to these guys, and we were all three getting this Icon Award um, for, for our entirety of our careers. All three of us were retiring that year. And I was on a stage like this, and people were cheering, and it was amazing. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm finally getting recognized. Look at me. I'm on stage with like other men. Like we women, we finally made it, right? <laughs> so that moment comes for me in just a second. <laughs> we walk off stage, you know, and the applause, you know, stops and we end up walking off stage. And I, I remember feeling like this, this emotion I couldn't put, put words to. And I saw Kobe and Peyton get in their cars and we all drove away into three very different retirements. Now, I think you guys can figure out what the massive difference is here. They had huge bank accounts, right? And I laid in bed that night thinking, why, what, like, what, what is this feeling that I'm having? Like, what is going on? I started to get really angry and pissed. I was like, what the hell have I been doing all along? I was the one, I was the one invited to the table. I was the one seat. Why didn't I speak up more? Why didn't I do more? Of course, we women, we point it to ourselves first, like it's our own damn fault. That's bullshit. And I remember just feeling like, oh my gosh, I've been so busy being grateful that I stopped pushing and challenging to make things better because I was scared. I was scared to lose my, my position. I was scared to get benched. I was scared to not be able to pay my mortgage. I was scared to get cut. This is every woman's story. We have to believe that the old rules that all women everywhere have been operating by are gone. Being grateful is an old rule. Being grateful and demanding what you want and what you deserve and what you've earned is the new rule. <laughs> Out with the old and in with the new. And, you know, I feel lucky to have represented my country. I feel lucky to have been a part of basically the winningest female professional team in the history of sport. And we have to actually start figuring out in our own lives what we think. You know, I feel so lucky to have been able to write this speech with Glennon because she tells me all the time, time and time again, we have to sit down and write. Whether it be, I mean, I'm a terrible writer, but what this exercise did for me is it made me understand what I knew, which made me know what I believed. And I think that every single one of us can do this. Figure out your own life. Write down what you know to be true. Write down things that you think you believe. And if they will help us get to a more equal and just world. Because if not, you can start creating old rules and new rules for your own life so that you can actually travel to a better place. Being 
grateful is the old rule. Being grateful and voicing what we need and what we want and what we deserve is the new rule. Both and. That is a mantra right there. But while we're at it, can we also take a look at rewriting what it means to quote unquote be nice? I'm going to generalize here a little bit. But I do feel like as women, we're so often raised to be docile, to take care of other people, to be nurturers, to put the needs of other people first. In my experience, that's all bundled up under this umbrella of being nice, which so often comes at my own expense. It's been a really hard lesson for me to learn, but I've realized, probably through trial and error, let's be honest, that there is actually nothing not nice about owning my worth, about standing up for myself, and about demanding to be treated fairly. That feels like basic stuff, doesn't it? But getting to a point where you own those things is hard. So let's take a page out of Abby's book, Goodbye Old Rules. Our next story is from Maysoon Zayed. She's an incredible writer, actress, comedian, and disability advocate. She makes me laugh so hard, and she has rewritten plenty of rules in her life. So I grew up thinking that we had to be uncomfortable all the time. So I wore the kind of jeans that you had to lie down to button, and then they would like cut a line into your stomach that would like bubble. And I wore shoes that were uncomfortable, and I made my pin straight hair big, and then I would sweat, and like the hairspray would go into my eyes, and I'd be uncomfortable. And so I was really dedicated to living a life where I was completely uncomfortable at all times. And then one day I put on some elastic pants, and I was like, oh. Wow, this feels good. And like now I, I shun buttons and, and zippers. My shoes are Velcro. They're amazing. Um, but it extended out of my body and to the people around me. And now I refuse to be uncomfortable to make the people around me comfortable. So if you need me to sit across from you in a room, and believe that your politics is caping for bigotry and misogyny and that I shouldn't judge you because that's your politics, I refuse to do that. I won't do it anymore. I'm like, you're a bad person. And I, I need you to do better. So like, I don't allow people to pressure me into silence because they don't want to feel bad when they are bad people. And it extends to my career because I was really conscious about like being the only disabled person in the room, I never wanted to be high maintenance. So I wouldn't ask people to like build stairs on my trailer or bring me straws because they're like banned and evil now. And like now, now my rider is like super complex and I'm like, I would like a golden tiger to walk me down the red carpet. I made them build me an elevator in Australia. I was like, just do it. And so I, I don't have any shame anymore about asking for help. I do it loudly and proudly because I understand that there's no shame in saying I can't do this without your help. And so I just won't be uncomfortable anymore. Yes, 
yes to elastic pants and yes to being as comfortable as possible. And 1,000 times over, yes to Maysoon's refusal to sacrifice her comfort in order to make others feel comfortable. Okay, so before we wrap up today, we've got one more story from Bozma St. John. Bozma is a force. She's been disrupting the status quo and fighting for diversity and inclusion at the highest levels for Apple, Uber, and now Endeavor. She's been a badass probably since the moment she was born. But that doesn't mean it's all been easy. Bose is such an incredible example of a woman who proves that strength comes in many forms, both in her badassery and in her incredible vulnerability. Her willingness to let us in and talk about her personal rules is something I am so excited to share with all of you. There was a, a time in my life when um, I thought I had a lot of time. <laughs> you know, where I thought that uh, the five-year plan could work or the 10-year plan or I'll do that some other time. My husband was diagnosed with cancer in May of 2013 and he died in December of that year. Uh, it obviously changed my perspective of time, 100%. In the years following, I have become urgent, wanting to do things right now, you know, not waiting, making sure that if I you know, have a, a goal about something that I do it. I mean, can it be the, the small things about, you know, like I gotta finish that pint of ice cream tonight. Because <laughs> if I don't, it won't be here tomorrow. Uh, or it has been about my own happiness, you know, in a job and being like, I am not happy here. I'm leaving today. <laughs> but then I feel like maybe in the last year or so, I've become maybe more complacent again about the urgency. And then yesterday, my friend died. Uh, her name was Kim Porter. And she was 47 years old. She was a really beautiful woman who has left four children. Uh, the youngest are twin girls who are 11. And she was planning on coming to Ghana with me next month. And now she's gone. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We really don't. Kim wasn't ill. It wasn't like my husband where we knew something was coming. She was fine. Three days ago, we were arguing about whether or not her son Christian should have a room with his girlfriend in a hotel in Ghana. And I was like, yeah, let the man live. <laughs> you know? And... Today, I was looking at those emails and I was like, damn it. So, I am for Kim and for Peter and for myself going to live my life urgently, every day. Live life urgently. Wow. Yes, I promise to do that too, Bose, and honor both Kim and your husband. Thank you for sharing that. 
wow, I am loving these rules we've been rewriting and relearning. I realize that in the past, I've tended to think of rules as confining, but these rules, one, be grateful and demand what you deserve, both and. Two, refuse to be uncomfortable. And three, live life urgently. Those rules actually feel expansive. Isn't that interesting? I'm feeling inspired and emboldened. Freer, which is just where I want all of us to be next week when we'll get into speaking truth to power with Lavi Ajayi. People assume folks like me who are known as truth tellers, who are known as the honest folks, just do it without thinking about it, without thinking twice, without consequence. We just do it. No. That joint is scary every time. You won't want to miss it. Now that you've heard, and especially you, visit us on all the socials at Hello Sunshine and at Together Live Events. I'm at Sophia Bush, if you want to say hello. And make sure to rate and review our podcast wherever you listen. It helps new people find our show and hear these stories. On this episode of And Especially You, you heard from Abby Wambach, Maysoon Zayed, Bozma St. John, and me. I'm Sophia Bush, and I can't wait to break more rules with all of you. And Especially You is a production of Hello Sunshine by Together Live. Our podcast producer is Sarah Pellegrini. Bozma St. John was recorded live at Welton Arts Center in Fayetteville, Arkansas.